Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 22, recorded Sunday, December 29th, 2019. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thanks for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cincerapino. Well, here we are. It's the last weekend of the year and the last weekend of the decade. Certainly, the last 10 years have ushered in a lot of change, and I'll bet the next 10 years will see this continued change to go on pretty rapidly. Let's hope it's change for the good, especially with great progress in combating climate change, ocean pollution, and protecting the aquatic world that we all love. Public awareness is paramount and gaining every day. I was reading our local Sunday paper this morning, and there were at least three different articles in various sections of the paper that talked about climate change. I really hope that 10 years from now, when we look back, we can say, wow, we made a difference. When we first started diving, Tom, who owned the dive shop at the time, recommended that we use a product called Sink to Stink for cleaning our gear. Well, first off, I thought that was a really strange name for a product. And second, I didn't have an appreciation for just how ripe your wetsuit and boots could get. Well, we learned that pretty quickly. So we bought the product, and there were a couple of things that impressed us from the start. First of all, you only need a little bit of the product in a tub or barrel full of water. And second, it really worked in taking out the odors from our neoprene. So I thought I'd talk a little bit more about Sink to Stink. I know there are a lot of products out there for cleaning neoprene and BCs and boots, um, and they all are fairly effective, I would guess, but our go-to product is Sink to Stink. While I was at DEMA, I had a chance to meet Bob Denton, who invented the product. And he was in the Trident booth at the time because when he originally developed Sink to Stink, Trident was his first distributor. Bob relayed the story of how he came up uh, with the product and how he developed Sink to Stink. And you can read all about that on the website, sinktostink.com. When he developed this, he was working for the oil and gas industry on a project using bacteria to remove contaminants. Bob was also an avid scuba diver, and he was on a trip with 14 other club members on a drive back, I think, from Florida to North Carolina or something like that, and he realized just how smelly 14 divers' neoprene could get. So he thought he'd try to do something about it. Took him some effort to come up with the right type 
blends and concentrations of the bacteria that would be used to destroy the odors in neoprene while not destroying the neoprene itself. Now the technology is based on bacteria in sync distinct, which are considered the good bugs, and the good bugs eat the bad bugs or bad bacteria in the neoprene that cause the odors. So the bacteria in sync distinct is kept in a state of suspended animation, and when it's mixed with warm water, the good bacteria go to work. And it creates a biofilm that penetrates deep into the neoprene. So the good bugs eat the bad bugs and clean up the odors in your wetsuit. Now, a couple of things. It only takes a quarter ounce of the product to make 20 gallons of, of product. And you can get Sink to Stink in either half ounce packages, four ounce bottles, or a half gallon. And that's what we use at the shop. We have a half gallon that we use every time we take the gear out. We uh, rinse it in Sink to Stink. Now, Bob talked about the turtle pack, which is a plastic pack that you've probably seen out there. Uh, they're phasing that out and are going with a more environmentally safe foil pack. Now, the new version of Sink to Stink, they've taken the fragrance out. And that was based on consumer feedback. Personally, Don and I both like the fragrance that the uh, original product had. Makes your stuff just seem nice and clean and fresh. Now, the idea is you rinse your wetsuit in fresh water first, and then you rinse it in the sink to stink and hang it up and just let it dry. And the good bacteria go to work on the bad bacteria, and you'll have a nice, clean, fresh wetsuit for your next dive. So check out Sink to Stink. It's our go-to product if you're using, uh, wanting to clean your wetsuit or your boots. Do you have a four ocean bracelet? I got one. I got the jellyfish bracelet at DEMA this year. And I got that by signing the Four Ocean Pledge Book there to do one thing to protect the ocean environment. But just what is Four Ocean? It's a unique organization, and they have a simple purpose, and that is to end the ocean plastic crisis. And how do they want to do this? First, by cleaning the ocean and the coastline, and second, stopping the inflow of plastic based on changing consumer habits. It's an organization founded on optimism. The founders are a couple of guys, Andrew Cooper and Alex Schultz. And they started Four Ocean in January of 2017. It's a global organization that is trying to attack the plastic crisis from all angles. There's a couple of YouTube videos out there by the founders, Andrew and Alex, and I'll post those on the Scuba Shack Radio Facebook page later, so you'll have an opportunity to take a look at them. Andrew and Alex are college friends and surfers, and they were on a surf trip of a lifetime to Bali. And they got there, and they were disappointed with all the plastic that was on the beach. So they asked the locals about why they didn't clean the beach. 
the response was they had. They had cleaned the beach, but so much came right back in its place. So they wanted to do something about it. They created a business model where they would sell bracelets, and for each bracelet that they sold, they would pledge to remove one pound of trash from the ocean or coastline. They would do this by paying workers to fund cleanups. And then they could also make donations to other organizations that needed scale in their cleanup efforts. Now, it is not a non-profit organization, and it does not accept donation. It is funded exclusively by the four ocean products that they sell. Right now, there are over 20 different bracelets that you can get. The idea is that each bracelet has a different colored lanyard that represents something in the marine world. For example, there's a bracelet for the manta ray, a bracelet for the sharks, for the Everglades, for the dolphins, the jellyfish one that I just mentioned, the seahorse, and you can see them all on their website. I think uh, I'm trying to decide what is the next bracelet that I want to get. I'm partial to sharks, so maybe that's the one that I'll go for. They also uh, sell products, hats and T-shirts, and they're all cotton material. So there's no synthetic or microfibers to pollute the ocean. If you look out there, they also sell drinkware, reusable, the Yeti tumblers and bottles. I guess the good news is those are sold out. So um, it's making a difference. There's also single-use alternatives. There are a reusable Chico bag that you can get from 4Ocean as well. One of the other things that's pretty interesting is you can go and look at their tracker, and they show the amount of trash that they have uh, removed from the ocean. Since 2017, they removed 7.4 million pounds of trash from the ocean and coastline. You can also look at what's been done weekly. Now, they operate out of the U.S. and Florida, Haiti, and Indonesia. Also, what was really cool was that when we were down at DEMA, Patty had teamed up with 4Ocean. So Patty, 4Ocean, Project Aware, all working together to help sustain uh, the oceans. So I encourage you to go take a look at the 4Ocean website. Support them. They're a, not a nonprofit. They don't accept donations, and they really are making a difference. Looking forward to my next bracelet. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that Donna and I just got back from our trip to the Atlantis Dive Resorts in the Philippines where we spent some time at the resorts in both Porta Galera, which is about 70 miles south of Manila by van and ferry, and in Dumaguete, which is about 300 miles south of Manila, so one-hour plane ride. We had an absolutely fantastic dive trip. And as I mentioned, Atlantis has two resorts, plus the liveaboard called the Atlantis Azores. Today, your next dive, I'm going to take you to the Atlantis Dive Resort in Dumaguete. 
First of all, you'll fly into Manila from the U.S., and it's a long flight. For example, direct from JFK, you can fly to Manila overnight. And there are a lot of options from various points in the U.S. and the West Coast. Once you get to Manila, you'll be transferred by the Atlantis uh, organization to a flight to Dumaguete on an airline called Cebu Pacific. As I mentioned, it's just a short one-hour flight in the morning. Once you get to Dumaguete, the attendants will pick up your bags from the baggage claim and load them on a van where you'll take about a 30 to 40 minute uh, ride to the resort, which is in Dawin, which is just outside of Dumaguete City. You'll get to the resort and it's a short uh, dirt road uh, down to the resort. Not very long, but it's interesting. It flows through to the resort. And once you get there, you'll walk completely through the resort to the front desk area where you'll check in. Immediately when we got to the, to the place, it made us feel at home. We got there at, uh, later in the day, so we were there at dinner, and we all sat down to dinner, and while we were waiting for dinner, uh, they gave us a quick neck massage while we were getting served. So pretty interesting. The rooms, we were very, very impressed with the rooms. They're really nice. They can have either a king-size bed or double beds. Uh, our room had an, a nice couch in it. There was a desk. It was spacious so we could lay out uh, all of our stuff. Um, also, our room had double sinks in the bathroom, a very, very nice room. The rooms also had a deck associated with them, which are sheltered, and they had a ceiling fan on top of the deck, a nice place to dry your bathing suits out or some gear, uh, plus there was a lounge chair out on the, uh, on the deck area. Now, I did notice that some of the, the decks also had hammocks on them. Let's talk about the food. The Toko restaurant uh, is outstanding. You will get three meals a day there, breakfast, which is a la carte. You can get eggs, omelets, uh, waffles, French toast. Um, if you're going there, eggs benedict are pretty good. Um, the one that I really liked were the Chaco banana French toast. Lunch and dinner, there's a menu board, and you can get a soup or salad. There's up to four entrees on there, things like chicken, beef, fish, noodles, stir-fry, pasta, and then two desserts. Let's talk about the diving. Wow, it was outstanding. You take either a small motor launch, or sometimes there's a larger Banca boat. Those are like with the outriggers on it. If you're on the Banca boat, they're very spacious. And the dive sites are very close, one to ten minutes away. And you can get either muck diving or muck and reef or just, uh, just reef. And we were very, very amazed at the colors, the fish life, the biodiversity. It really seems like it's on steroids compared to the Caribbean. There was not a lot of depth there. We usually stayed in the 60-foot range, and every dive was 60 minutes or more. Visibility came in at about 80 feet. Also, we did a trip to Apo Island, which is about a 45 to 50 minute boat ride where we did three dives. The coral on Apo Island was fabulous. I think they say there's over 600 species of coral and 650 species of marine life on Apo Island. Another thing that we did was a trip over to Cebu to Oslop, where we snorkeled with whale sharks. Now, the dive locker, 
is pretty spacious. You get a little cubby for your certain gear. There are showers in the dive locker, rinse tanks, and an area for nitrox analysis and recording. The briefing area is outside, and you go through a brief between each dive. That's what you do. You come back between dives to shore, uh, change out your tanks, get briefed, and go forward. There's a camera room, a classroom, and there's an on-site spa and pool. If you don't want to take a, dive, uh, take a di day off of diving, you can do other tours. There's a city tour where you can go out and do some shopping. You can get up to five dives a day at Atlantis Dive Resort. We were so impressed that we are planning to go back in 2021 with the shop trip. So if you're looking for an adventure of a lifetime, consider the Atlantis Dive Resort in Dumaguete. As I close out 2019, thank you again for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. Please check out uh, our Facebook page at Scuba Shack Radio, and I'll have more information about the things we talk about on the show. Also, I would appreciate any feedback, or if you want to provide a rating on your favorite podcast app, that greatly helps. So from Scuba Shack Radio, I wish you a happy and healthy new year, and look forward to continuing the podcast in 2020. Bye. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>